0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Welcome to the Goddess Diaries with your host, Dawn Champagne. Come explore what it means to be a
0: modern woman who dares to remember her sacred self.
1: and welcome to the Goddess Diaries Radio. This is your place to remember your sacred self. And my name is Dawn Champlain, the creatrix behind this radio show and the blog of the same name. And as you know, if you listen every week, if you haven't already done so, you can go grab yourself a bundle of free gifts when you sign up at the blog for my newsletter. And I hope that you think of it as your... Inner Goddess Toolkit for Daring to Remember Your Sacred Self. The blog, of course, is thegoddessdiaries.org, so you can hop on over there after the show. It's in the show notes. Um, Sign up for the newsletter and claim your free gifts today. Ooh, yay! (laughs) So I just wanted to mention um, to everyone who participated in Last month's giveaway. Thank you so much for participating in the giveaway. I did draw the winners um, for that giveaway on July 31st. And they are receiving a copy of Jailbreaking the Goddess book. It's uh, Lasara Firefox Allen's latest book. And there were two winners: it was Letty Diaz and Ravina Robiero. So, congrats to you two goddesses! I can't wait. I've already sent them out, so you should be receiving those shortly. And thank you to everyone who participated. So much fun! So today, I have a special guest on the show, and she's someone that I have known in the online space for a number of years, and as I was planning the show, I realized, you know, I've known her for a couple of years. She's even provided a guest blog post for the blog, and I don't really know her that well, so I'm really excited to have her here on the show. Her name is Jackie Kay, but she goes by her goddess name, Inanna, online. And like I said, I first met her through her YouTube video channel, Luna Soul, back before the Internet exploded into what seems like nowadays is a world of online coaches and healers. And I really enjoyed her show back in the day because she had a lot of really useful tips as far as holistic healing practices go for the modern woman. It was just so practical and down to earth but with that little taste of woo woo that I love so much. <laughs> so since then she's gone through a couple of transformations and today she can be found running her online business over at inanarising.com where she sells subscription boxes and her energy healing services and so I'm super excited to introduce, introduce her to you. So, Inanna, thank you for being here, and welcome
0: to the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Dawn. I'm, I, too, am really excited to get to know you better. Um, like I said before, when we were chatting for a few minutes, we've kind of known each other in the online world for a few years. But, so I do feel like I know you, but the ins and outs and everyday, you know, part of you, I don't know. So I'm excited to, for us to get acquainted. Um, where shall we start? Well, good question. <laughs> I was thinking,
1: <laughs> you have such a great story. I know you mentioned two years ago you provided a guest blog post for the Goddess Diaries when I first launched the blog. And it was a great little story about you and your daughter and how you connected to the goddess. And the title of that, I believe, was Persephone, a goddess of self-reliance. Um, so I thought it would be really fun to kind of start there and have you tell us a little bit about your awakening and your journey of transformation. So
0: oh let's start. <laughs> okay. Um, my awakening. I would say I I think I need to start Um when I was 11 years old, my mother passed away. And I was her only daughter, which to me is very special, and also the oldest of five little, six little brothers, sorry, so there were seven of us total. And when her um, seventh baby was born, 10 days later, she passed away. And to this day, no one really, it was never um, confirmed what really went wrong or what happened. It was very sudden. Um, Of course, they checked for things and and couldn't really find anything definitive. So they just kind of chalked it up to a cardiac arrest. And then we it was a very um, traumatic experience to go through, you know, as you could imagine. But then, Mm -hmm. uh, add on top of that, that it was so traumatic for my father as well and painful that he could not talk about it. And so we... Um, consequently, me and my siblings never spoke of it either. I mean, it was never. I couldn't even say the words. My mom died until probably, oh. gosh, my mid twenties. We didn't go to her her grave or her. So I was just given this information. Um, I think last year I was I was uh, meditating on what it was that led me to the path of the goddess, and um, and just and my life's journey as it has unfolded so far and spirit spoke to me and gave me an understanding that I, well, having my mother pass away at such a young age, I really did have to step into her shoes a bit and fill that role of nurturer and mother while I was still the maiden um, to my younger siblings. And um, I was given the understanding that, it was meant to be, or that I chose this path, you know, the way before we came here to this 3D world in existence, mm-hmm. that I would lose her so that I could find the mother again, that I would be on this path to seek the mother. And even to the point where, um, where I had mentioned that we never spoke of her, and in my house with my siblings or my father, that only really reaffirmed Um, my desire or longing for her or for the mother in general. So um, I think I, I, a few years ago, I probably wouldn't have realized that that's the point that led me on the path of the goddess because um, Mm -hmm. I went into my teenage years and my, my adult life and then really didn't awaken fully to consciously to the path of the goddess until I would say, uh, maybe around age thirty, and so I just had my fortieth birthday, um so it's been yay, happy birthday. <laughs> thank you. It's been about maybe ten years um since I have consciously moved toward this um, this goddess lifestyle, and um my gosh, so much has unfolded between my thirtieth and fortieth birthday. Um, I also, I was raised in an extremely religious household as um, a member of the Mormon church. And Mm -hmm. um, my, my, one of my ancestors, direct ancestors was the founder of the church. So it was like deeply instilled that doctrine Mm -hmm. in, um, you know, in my growing up. And so it was very scary for me to move off of that path, which is very patriarchal and Mm-hmm. and to kind of toe the line and, and get acquainted with with uh, goddess and with the divine feminine and the mother. But as soon as I did, as soon as I started, I could not stop. It it didn't matter what the consequences were. And for a while, after I left that patriarchal system, members of my family who I am so close with, I, you know, my, my siblings, basically, I'm not only their older sister, but in a lot of ways, I, I'm their mother figure, but some of them wouldn't even speak to me for a few years. So that was very painful, but, but despite that, even though there was that pain and that feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm kind of kicked out of my tribe, I couldn't be deterred from, from this path because once your soul awakens, you just cannot go back into that box of darkness, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Right. It's like you can't unsee it. You cannot
0: unsee what you've seen. <laughs> hmm Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, um, I and then you had mentioned um Luna Soul Girls. My so I think that was my first kind of coming out of the closet, coming out of that broom closet. <laughs> and I believe mm-hmm. um it was a friend of mine, April Ruffner, and I started this uh YouTube channel about six years ago. And we just had so much fun, I think I'd mentioned to you before that that time in my life was almost like the honeymoon phase with with the goddess with the this path of the goddess. It was just everything was new and unfolding, and I was so excited to um, to have an understanding and a knowing that the things that I was already drawn to my whole life, you know, like the moon and magic and mystery and herbs and how they work and gardening and um, crystals and all of that, all of that, your intention and and even spells. I always, since I was a little girl, was so, I mean, every year for Halloween I would be a witch, you know. (laughs) And then I was so excited when I grew up and found out, wait, they're real? I I really am a witch? So that was very (laughs) uh, empowering to how. to step forward and step out of my, you know, my little box in my closet and let myself be seen um, magically. So, yeah, that was mm-hmm. that was a really great phase. And then my uh, path of, of the goddess led me further and further into um, my own awakening and awareness and my own enlightenment, which made me – to look at my relationships around me. And so um, what you were speaking of earlier about my writing contribution to your blog um, was a story of Persephone and how, how she really, um, for some reason, I, I don't even remember exactly what it was, but for some reason I knew about her story in a very romantic sense, you know, that the, the dark figure comes and takes her away and it's just this, you know, light and dark thing. And, and I used to read, when my daughter was a little tiny girl, I would read her Shakespeare and I would read her um, you know, little stories from Greek mythology and things like that. So she really resonated with the story of Persephone and, um, and so she would dress up and play As Persephone, all the time she had this really (laughs) long, silky piece of material that that my stepmother had given to her just to play with, or sleep with, or something. For some reason, she had this really—it was just incredibly long—and so she would have me wrap it all around her and tuck it and pin it here and there, so it looks like this, you know, Greek goddess (laughs) draping and tunic, and then she would go upstairs in her room and just with her imagination, she would be Persephone and whatever that was and just play. And that went on for (laughs) a really long time. And I just, I love looking back at that time and seeing without, I mean, I was a young mom at that point. I hadn't, I hadn't consciously awakened to the goddess really. It was all very subconscious, my teaching my daughter about that. But, um, looking back, because I think I was probably 24, 25, 26, uh, I I love that it so resonated with her, with this tiny little girl. And I feel like it's so important for us to bring these stories to light and to bring this path of the goddess Mm -hmm. into into light because for so long, as we all know, the goddess and everything to do with the divine feminine has been so demonized.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And in fact, I was going to ask you, <clears throat> excuse me. I was going to ask, you know, what do, what what do you what's your take on I think that women today are very very hungry for something more you know we were talking right before the show started about the juiciness you know the juicy is where it's at and I think that Mm -hmm. a lot of women feel that way so what's your take on that why do you think women are hungry what are they hungry for and how can we satisfy this hunger oh I believe
0: we're hungry because we've been starved for generations for thousands of years yeah Mm -hmm. um we have been starved and I was listening to oh my goodness, I can't remember. Oh, well, I'm so I her name has slipped my mind, but I was listening to some a show and the woman on the show uh was speaking to a room full of men who and it was very patriarchal um they weren't there necessarily with um open minds about about the goddess. It was it was actually a religious mm-hmm. forum. And um, and so she was speaking to them and saying, she said, we you know as women we we adore our our fellow beings, our men, our husbands, our brothers, our fathers, our sons. And so following the goddess is not about shunning the other half of humanity. Mm, but she said, mm-hmm. put yourself in our shoes for a moment and just think that while all of these leaders that we've had, these world leaders, um, even the images that we see on our, our money system, um, our religious mm-hmm. leaders, spiritual leaders, they have mostly, for, for the most part, the majority of them are male. And she said, while they're wonderful, and I love them for the most part, um, she said, imagine if you grew up in a world where your only people that you had to look up to in positions of of great responsibility or power were female, you would you would feel lost. You would feel the desire for something that you could relate to. And I really I saw a shift in that room full of men. They seeing it in that light, they finally had an aha, like, oh, it's not about women hating men, it's about women <laughs> saying, hey you know, we, we I want have, my place at the table. <laughs> sure, that it, and and even bigger than that, it's restore the mm-hmm. throne, restore my place at the throne. But the men cannot do that for us. It's we go back and reclaim our place at the throne, and I believe that's mm-hmm. what we're doing right now. And um, I I just I love seeing. Oh my gosh, I saw this video that and I'm sure it's viral, and I'm sure so many people have seen it, but there's this really cute girl. She was a senior in high school. She started this movement called No Bra, No Problem. Have you heard of that? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yes, yes. Yes. So she went to school one day, and she said she was small-chested, and so she didn't even think twice about not wearing a bra that day, and she got called into the office because her teacher was uncomfortable. And she was just so offended and anyway, decided to kind of have this, like, stand-in and, and had a bunch of her friends come to school without wearing bras. And she made this stand and said, it's so much more distracting for us to keep being called into the office because people are trying to body shame us. that Me not wearing mm-hmm. a bra should be normal and natural. And I love that this girl, this teenage girl, had that, that insight and, and then have the confidence to stand up and, and take a system. So these girls these yes. that we, that this next generation of, of women and girls, our daughters, are just a force to be reckoned with. And I love seeing that. I'm so excited to watch it unfold. Yeah. I love that too and I love especially how you
1: were just talking about the woman um giving the speech about how imagine if you grew up not ever seeing your likeness anywhere and I feel like our daughters today you know we live in a in a in the information society where they have technology available to them 24/7 if you know the potential for technology to be available 24/7 social media you know, things like that going viral. I love that because that is empowering, and that is part of um the awakening that our i mean I, I feel like in a lot of ways, our daughters are are coming in with this knowledge, but still, they need to see this stuff. They need to see this, and it's like this crescendoing wave, you know <laughs> it's just it's building, and yeah, so I love that. I love those two stories back to back. I think that. That's beautiful.
0: Um,
1: in your experience, then, when... So you, you've gone through a couple of transformations yourself. Um, you mentioned in the blog post that you shared for my blog a couple of years ago that you went through a divorce. And so, of course, with that, that's a major transformation, not only for yourself but for your family as well. Um, but personally, what did you do to help assist you through that transformation. And the reason why I ask is because I feel like this kind of tags on to the previous question about, you know, what women want, what women are hungry for. And I guess I'll just let you take it from there.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, That, so I, for a little while, I was actually angry at the goddess and the path of the goddess because it's almost like you when you feel like you are following your life's path and you're really um pushing against societal norms and the status quo and going against the grain to live your inner light, you kind of feel like there should be some reward right and so for me, for a little while, it seemed that well, okay, so I'll back up a little bit I was um I got pregnant when I was 19 with my daughter, my only daughter, and I have. She is now 20, and I uh, have three sons after her. And so, I was very young. Um, I had only had one boyfriend at the time ever, and dated um, my ex husband now um, for since I was like 16 so for 3 years i'd had this one boyfriend and in my the religion i had grown up in it that they literally say that um having sex before you married married is they call it the sin next to murder <laughs> so i oh, wow. went into this this like phase of motherhood almost feeling like a murderer you know what i mean i felt just totally just wow. horrible about myself disempowered oh wow Yeah, and where I should have, I mean, that's like the most beautiful thing that could ever happen to a woman is motherhood Mm -hmm. and and giving birth. I mean, how empowering is that? So, But something in me um, during amid all this, I mean, I had to sit in a church court where I was sitting in front of a panel of five men who were there literally as my judge to judge me and see how bad my, the sin was and what to do with my membership within the church and if I was going to be excommunicated or just, they call it, disfellowshipped or whatever, whatever my punishment was going to be and asking me intimate questions about, you know, how active the, my sex life was and, and stuff like that. And yes, the Dang. whole thing was very, very disempowering. And so add to that... What I had wanted to do at the time was, um, oh, and they were trying to give, have me give my baby up for adoption, but I just knew that that was not the path for me. I just, I knew it with everything in me. So I fought that system to keep my baby, and, um, wow. and I wanted, I wanted to just take my time, be a single mom for a couple of years, and then just really see if marriage was, was. Um, the best option and the best idea. But they were pushing and pushing, okay, if you're going to keep your baby, you have to be married. You cannot be a single mom in this, you know, this establishment. So I, I caved in to that part. Not that I didn't totally head over heels, love, love, love this boy. I, I mean, we just were so much in love, but so young and um, mm-hmm. really not ready for marriage. And I, I did put motherhood as my number one priority i knew going into that i sat down with myself and i said okay if you are going to be a mom then you're going to be the absolute best mom to this person possible there's no going back and saying later oh i missed out on my teenager, so i'm going to go party and i'm or i'm gonna you know whatever whatever i saw other people doing who missed out on those years um I just refused to do that. So I made that commitment to myself, Mm -hmm. and I also committed, I am not going to be the statistic that says that, you know, however, whatever the statistic was, that this many girls out of this many who are teen pregnancy and get married end up in divorce, you know, which, I mean, the -hmm. the statistics were not in my favor, I will just say. And, And I had so many people saying that to me. So I was so determined to make that marriage work. I wanted it to work so badly that I was putting up with just one thing after another. I'm, and I don't want to, um, you know, it's the father of my children. I, I'm not here to to defame anybody. Um, but I will say that I was going through things that were so in disharmony and not incongruent with my mm. inner feminist. I, I was a born feminist. And the things that I was dealing with and facing in my marriage were just um, a slap in the face to my feelings about that, about women and about um, respect, basically, too, for women. So it got to that point where I was on that path of, of the woman and the goddess and being in her full power when I just, I couldn't keep sweeping um those disparities under the carpet anymore they were just then they were getting too big not to look at so with a total broken heart for for my what i considered at the time my broken family i had to walk away and um and i, I there were times i really felt like i was not going to survive the pain of it cuz i my heart yeah didn't want that didn't want a divorce it wanted my family to to be together and to have the, the marriage be good but it just really truly was not healthy um and so i i think that what got me through all of that on the other side of my anger for the goddess i mean to the point where i literally i put away my altar i packed everything away and i just went i'm not doing this anymore i stopped um uh, Luna Soul Girls, my first YouTube channel, which I just totally loved mm-hmm. because for a while I blamed the total uh, decay of my marriage on myself following this this different new path, you know. And um, and so when I was in the deepest moments of despair, I realized then that what I needed, what I wanted, was the mother. That was the only thing mm-hmm. that was going to mm-hmm. help heal me. Um, wow. And so little by little, I unpacked my things. I, for a while, for a couple years, I hadn't made any, I mean, I love creating magic brews and teas and anointing oils. and I mean, all the time I'm, I'm creating things like that. And for months, for well over a year, I just, I didn't want to. I, my my herb garden with the pot, <laughs> I just I wanted nothing to do with it. And so um, I got to that point where I realized the only thing that would help me empower myself and, and heal and move beyond the pain was the goddess. And, and so I little by little uh, delved back into it, and um, I kind of thought I would have to work back up at, to things, but um, once I opened that door again, it was like um, more. I don't even more magic. I guess is a good word. More magic. Yeah, I was going to say that. It was ever, magic. <laughs> oh, magic than I had ever harnessed or experienced ever before on my path. It just like, opened awesome. up and with abundance and flourished. So, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, well, I'm happy now. Oh,
1: we have about ninety seconds left, so a minute and a half. Yeah. So. Tell us now what you're doing and where we can find you online. Um, you do the subscription boxes online. So tell us a little bit about that and where we can find you and,
0: yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, so I, what I'm doing is I have a full moon ritual online. It's free um, every evening of the full moon, and we feature a new goddess with each moon. So this coming month will be the goddess Selene who is the mother aspect in the uh, triple goddess tradition. And uh, so I offer subscription boxes uh, with, so they're they're healing tools to use with that full moon. So for instance, this month, there'll be selenite, which is, you know, Selene's crystal. Um, I do a tea spell, um, spirit spray. I have smudge bundles, all kinds of things, all kinds of goodies in the, in the box and it's meant to just help you on your path to um working with the energies of the full moon oh and And it's so beautiful you sent me
1: a box a few months back and it was oh my gosh it was so gorgeous beautiful smelled wonderful you put so much care and love into this box so Anyway, where can we find thank it? Thank
0: you, Gladys. We can find it um, on my website, inanarising.com. It's I-N-A-N-N-A, rising.com. You can also find me on Facebook under Inanarising. And, yeah, that's it. Uh, email is inanarising808 Perfect. at gmail. Yeah. Perfect.
1: Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Sorry we ran out of time there towards the end. But I am so happy that you are here, and thank you.
0: Oh, thank you so much for having me on. I have just I've enjoyed this and I absolutely adore you. Thank you. Oh, likewise.
1: Alrighty, see you on the blog. Bye. Yay,
0: bye.